This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 27th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. New House Speaker Mike Johnson has some items in his background that could recommend him to libertarians. To name a few, he appears more serious than previous House leadership about constraining spending and debt and has pledged to decentralize the process of lawmaking in that chamber. So what should libertarians expect? Cato's Alex Narasta comments. So the first thing that I learned about new House Speaker Johnson of Louisiana is that he was the chairman of the Republican Study Committee, and at least on uh, some economic issues, uh, that seems fairly promising. It does. His chair, when he was chair of the Republican Study Committee, they produced some interesting work um, on healthcare, especially uh, that quotes extensively Cato's uh, Michael Cannon. Uh, Mixed bag and some of that work. Some of it is pretty good at, uh, from the Republican Study Committee. Some of it's okay. Some of it's not so good. Uh, but what's pretty clear, I think, from looking at the uh, corpus of statements and work that has produced, been produced under uh, Mike Johnson, uh, you can tell that he's probably the wonkiest and most interested in policy of a speaker we've had since uh, Paul Ryan. And on on economic issues, um, pretty good on most of them. He has said, uh, at least on his public-facing webpage, and of course we have to take this with a grain of salt because these people are elected to their offices, um, he's said very nice things about trade, about engagement with the world, about using trade as a powerful foreign policy tool, which of course it is. Um, especially when we're in the process of expanding trade, uh, that can be a very powerful tool for the U S that's right. He frames, he, he is very pro trade. He's pro trade agreement, free trade agreements. Uh, he talks about the benefits of trade. He tries to use trade more as a means to sort of isolate China and to try to bring other countries into more of the American foreign policy orbit. Um, but still, that's better than being anti-trade uh, across the board. When I take a look at a politician, especially a Republican politician, to try to judge how supportive of free markets he is or to see if he's, on the other hand, a populist, trade is usually the bellwether issue. And on the issue of trade, uh, Johnson seems um, better than what we could, uh, than what we should have expected, frankly, uh, given the drift and uh, amongst many Republicans toward protectionism. So that's definitely a positive element. So uh, on immigration, which is your primary area of specialty, what have we heard from Mike Johnson? And uh, you know, we, you know, before we started recording, we had talked about a little bit about this, and that. There's a little bit of nuance to his views on immigration that, uh, depending on how seriously you take the facts on the ground, may or may not indicate some positive things on immigration. So he is uh, very concerned about border security, uh, very much supports enforcing immigration laws inside the United States at the U.S. border. He is supportive of reducing asylum or making at least the standards of getting asylum much greater. Uh, some of the bills that he has supported on that would effectively gut and kill the asylum system. So that's bad. However, on the other side of things, he has not uh, endorsed or uh, sponsored or co-sponsored any bills to cut uh, legal immigration across the board. So he sounds like a little bit more of a 
early Trump or pre-Trump Republican on these. He is not anti or as anti-legal immigration as many of these others. So again, if it had been like uh, Jim Jordan, it would have been a lot worse on the issue of immigration. He's definitely not uh, supportive of the positions that we push here at Cato, but he is definitely not anti-legal immigration. And I count that as a partial success. That is how far my standards and expectations have fallen. (laughs) So leaving that aside, House Speaker, uh, you certainly have influence, uh, but your job is to keep a coalition together and to find common ground. Uh, One of the things that Justin Amash likes to uh, complain about with respect to how the House has operated is they just, for the longest time, haven't allowed people to file amendments. Uh, Mike Johnson, in his sort of opening remarks as House Speaker, said that he would do his best to decentralize the House. So perhaps we might see the House do less, um, but with more input from the rank and file members. And I think you're going to see committees uh, become more powerful if he sticks to that, uh, with the chairs of these individual committees, uh, ways and means, judiciary, other committees uh, have more of an impact on what bills actually come uh, to the floor and get seriously considered. So from an institutional perspective, that seems fine. Uh, seems like an improvement on uh, from some of the last several speakers that we've had. Our colleague Romina Baccia has done a lot of work toward trying to craft a fiscal commission along the lines of BRAC to essentially insulate lawmakers from a lot of individualized decisions uh, that would be unpopular in their districts in favor of a larger overall package uh, that would receive an up or down vote in the in the interest of dealing with the larger issue of federal spending and federal debt. Uh, Mike Johnson has said nice things uh, that he would launch a fiscal commission. How seriously should we take that at this point? I think we should take it pretty seriously uh, that he is considering this. Uh, He has a long track record of being concerned about spending, about uh, growth and entitlements. Uh, He said, I believe it was in 2018, that we should have dealt with this yesterday. Um, Now it is the day after tomorrow. Uh, and we definitely need to deal with this uh, soon. The indication um, of dealing or trying to embrace the idea of a fiscal commission is at least a recognition of the political realities of the incentives faced by members of Congress in dealing with spending and unsustainable debt in the United States. Um, of course, the devil is in the details. Well, how is this uh, commission going to be composed? Who's going to be the chair? How nonpartisan is it going to be? Is it going to be mostly staffed by experts, members of Congress, ex-members of Congress? Those all matter enormously to whether this commission will actually provide a path toward being a BRAC-like effectiveness in reducing spending and debt. Uh, Those details have yet to be entirely worked out, and we'll see how serious he is about that. But it is a very good sign that he has endorsed the idea of a BRAC-like fiscal commission and that his long-term statements on this going back since he was first elected are that he's concerned about spending and we need to get that under control. Alex Narasta is Vice President for Social and Economic Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening. <laughs>